Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. I'm your other host, Charles Rogers. And uh, let's just dive right into the thing Charles fucked up this week. How does that sound? <laughs> That's a great uh, Because, start. Bradley, I, I have a twofold apology for you. Okay. Which I know I, I rarely do. Uh, I rarely apologize to you at all on this show because I don't think you deserve it. However, in this case, I have a twofold apology. Uh, twofold apology part one is I stated on the previous episode that I didn't think Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga had come out for Switch. This was incorrect, which leads me to apology part two. Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga is on Switch and you can buy it. Your life is about to be ruined. He's rolling his eyes in the zip. Anyway. Into the back of his head. I Look, you say you won't buy it and then watch. It'll be a couple of weeks, but you're going to crack. You're going to see the funny interactions on TikTok. I have put 30 hours into this game so far and I have been taking it slow. Hey, if yeah. I can play as a shock t then i'll be happy you i believe you can play a sh- dude there's 300 playable characters <laughs> i know i'm kidding i'm kidding if they show up in a star wars movie you can play as basically anybody you want you can play as the live slug reaction i just got that character last night so i've been running around as the live slug reaction <laughs> all oh day and and they've got packs coming out so the reason i'm taking it slow as of recording this it is april the 16th and one of the things you can do in the free play mode of the game is you can take over capital ships. So if you jump into the space of a particular system, sometimes a specific named capital ship will show up, like the executor will show up, and you can board it and take it over. And one of the things you can get is the Death Star. And I very specifically want the team that takes over the Death Star to be the Rogue One team, but that pack's not out until Tuesday. Okay, I mean, that's so creative of you to right? have one team. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's, he, he's humoring me, listeners, because uh, he's, he's heard me have to talk about this game, and he knows how much it has consumed my life. However, Bradley wisely caught me today before I booted LEGO Star Wars up so we can record some episodes for you. That's right. I guess we'll just dive right into it. So if you are just joining us, Bradley and I are filling the time up to the Obi-Wan Kenobi show by watching the original Star Wars Clone Wars microseries that aired between 2003 and 2005. Uh, The conceit is that Bradley has never seen it. I grew up watching these episodes. If you are watching along with us, uh, we are watching chapter 24 today. That would be time code on volume two, 37 minutes and 41 seconds through 50 minutes exactly. Or right as Grievous bursts through the window, all the way to the advancing like creatures approaching Anakin and him being like, I'm here to help you and them not stopping. That's where the episode ends. So Bradley, what did you think of the Shakti episode? <laughs> um, I actually love the Shock T episode. Uh, I think it's great. 
I, I know we said we were going to talk about her complicated relationship with this stuff, but it's, I don't know. I think she's a cool character. I like how they were setting her up to be this like bigger character in the show slash the movie moving forward. But I don't know. She has really good scenes. She's clearly very skilled and it's cool. She's essentially Ahsoka before we got Ahsoka. You know? Right. I think she's the same species, if I'm recalling yeah. correctly, uh, which is the thing Charles didn't research. Before yes. he said, yes, they are the same species. She is also a Togruta. So, yeah, she has an interesting relationship with Revenge of the Sith specifically, which I was going to talk about in Chapter 25, but I guess we can talk about now. She dies, like, three times. <laughs> in that. Like, if you watch the deleted scenes from Revenge of the Sith, she dies originally they had filmed scenes where Grievous kills her aboard the Invisible Hand. Like, Obi-Wan and Anakin find her, and then she, like, dies. Like, Grievous stabs her. And they were like, nah, and changed it. So then she dies, which is her actual canonical death. She dies when uh, she's meditating in the Jedi Temple, and Darth Vader decapitates her. Which, if you play the original Lego game, you will actually see in the game that he just straight up decapitates her in the the Lego game for children in Lego Star Wars. It's wild. Okay. But then that that is her canon death as far as canon goes. Like she died during the attack on the Jedi Temple. Darth Vader killed her. However, going from a franchise that I love to a franchise that I hate, uh, it was eventually revealed in The Force Unleashed uh, that she somehow also survived and showed up in The Force Unleashed after the fact that she was killed in that. So she dies a lot of times in Legends. Here's a little plug. Force Unleashed comes out on Monday. April oh my Wednesday. fucking God. <laughs> to a switch I mean, you. I mean, look, if, if, if you like the game... I'm not right, going to play it. I'm just I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crib from, uh, from the divas here. And say that if you like the game, like, I love that for you. Like, it's a lot of fun to play. I understand that it's very valuable to a lot of people. Not trying to throw shade at people who, like, like the game or, or love it a lot. That's I'm glad that you are able to love it. I don't. Don't take that the wrong way. But, yes, she does show up in, in Force Unleashed yes. uh, as, like, a boss fight. Yeah, so it's when you're watching these episodes, returning to the episode, it's interesting to look at like, especially how she ends up in chapter 25, because mm-hmm. it almost feels like they could have theoretically changed the ending to where like she was also taken really open ended in terms of what they could have done with her, depending on what George wanted to do with the movie. I don't know where she was axed from the invisible hand section. Yeah. It's weird. Cause like I, I, theoretically right now we are watching the opening crawl for revenge of the Sith at this point, technically, because that is a great way of putting it. I mean, if you want to give it like a moment in time, that's what this is. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't have the crawl in front of me, so I can't read it word for word, but I do recall in there. It's like, Chancellor Palpatine has been kidnapped by General Grievous. This is it. We're watching it. I know it starts with war with an exclamation point. War. I tried to do my best Tom Kim impression. War. The Galactic Republic is under siege. (laughs) I'm watching through the Clone Wars right now. 
So let's dive right into this episode. We immediately start with Grievous like standing there. He's just burst through the window. Palpatine gets up, brushes himself off, and is like, what the fuck are you doing in my office? Very funny sequence where Palpatine's like, how dare you burst in here? And Grievous is like slowly reaching towards him. Right. But you also have to remember, Palpatine wants to get caught. Right. So this is funny, but he's also deliberately stalling for time. Yeah, he, every action, if you watch Palpatine in every single scene in this episode, he has so many good, subtle faces and things that he's doing. Like, yes, he does his weird, like annoying, like I'm a Supreme Chancellor, blah, 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 blah thing in the beginning. But then like when they all start fighting, you know, he kind of slowly backs into the shadows smiling. He's like, yeah, this is exactly what I wanted to happen. It's to an extent, it's the we get it, he's Darth Sidious. But at the same time, I can't hate it in the same way that I hate all of the references to to Anakin eventually being Darth Vader, because he's just so much fun. Like mm-hmm. he's delightful. And I also like the idea of like if, if they ever decide to do like a West Wing, you know, Palpatine, you know, kind of show. I would love to see this in action because I would love to see them, you know, where he's like, he's one, like he's like a two-faced kind of politician, right? So he's like in, in the open, he's very like regal and like, you know, like this annoying sometimes when he's talking down to people, but then like on the side, you know, he instantly, he switches like the flip, it like it just switches in his brain. He's just like evil all of a sudden. And so I would love to see that two-face like Palpatine. Yeah, I... We got a little bit, a bit of it in the 2008 Clone Wars, especially during the Maul arc in season five, or just generally how he interacts with Maul when he's like, oh, no, we should dismiss this guy as who gives a shit. And then he's like, um, that was a mistake. Maybe I should go beat the shit out of him personally. We see it in, uh, I just read Queen's Peril by E.K. Johnston, which is the second Padme book but the first one that occurs canonically. And we actually can see him in that book. The book isn't really concerned with it because it is a young adult book for preaching girls, uh, which is not a knock. It is a fantastic book. But the book is just not concerned with explaining the exact politics. But we do get to see in that book Palpatine maneuvering things into position so to where he can set up the trade federation to blockade Naboo and kickstart the entire franchise. Palpatine, Palpatine's such a fantastic character, like generally overall. He really is. And he never dies. So it's great. He's literally That's right. forever. So That's right. He, somehow Palpatine always returns. Somehow. Yep. Somehow Palpatine returned. Well, Palpatine returns to Shakti's hand because she forced yanks him away. And they're like, okay, everybody, take on General Grievous. Now, I was reading behind the scenes trivia that we'll get to in a minute before I watched the episode again. And I was expecting a hard cut away before the violence started. The episode does not cut away. <laughs> Grievous, like, murders a bunch of clone troopers. Yeah. Just violently in the chancellor's office and you get to see it he like slices them in half or something like yep he's like (laughs) ripping them in half and then it cuts to outside and you like hear the sounds and i do have a fun fact about this sequence according to some of the trivia that i read for this episode gendy tartakovsky wanted that that scene of grievous 
behind the closed door to be extremely violent. Actually, I'll just read directly from Wikipedia since I happen to have the article open. Quote, so he, Tartakovsky, told the sound designers he wanted, quote, everything, end quote, to be heard, including, he joked, a buzzsaw. He was then surprised when a buzzsaw sound effect was put into the scene. It left the viewer to wonder if Griffiths wields a buzzsaw weapon, end quote. (laughs) So as a joke, this dude was like, I don't know, throw everything in there, throw a fucking buzzsaw in there. And the the sound designer was like, okay. (laughs) Sure. Why not? I mean, why wouldn't he have one in there? He's basically, you know, Iron Man. So it's like, he's probably got something inside there. But they do escape Grievous. Uh, Roran Cobb does like a throat thing to like blast the... Yeah, I didn't quite understand that one. Was that like force yell? Uh, Ithorians have four throats. So the implication is just that they can yell loud enough to rip apart hallways. If they're force sensitive. I don't know. I don't think that's the implication. You don't think it's like force assisted? He's like yelling, but then it's more like... It, a... I mean, it has to be because I don't think we see this anywhere else. Anywhere oh, else. no. Wikipedia does say that it's a force assisted shockwave. So okay. I'm going to go with Wikipedia on this one. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, it just seems so out of place to be like a random thing authorians can do. Because then that's like, okay, well, we've never seen them do that before. So it just... I do want to note that uh, they do the... silence and then somebody really fast pushing the elevator button gag evergreen gag (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. evergreen gag close 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 close. (laughs) it's like their shittiest co-worker is making a break for the elevator and if they don't press it then they're gonna be like trapped on the elevator with this co-worker for several minutes it's like nope nope close the door close the door come on I also thoroughly enjoy uh, Palpatine yet again uh, with his hilarious little quote he has where Shakti explains the throat thing and then he's got like his ears are ringing or whatever and he's like, he's like, yeah, I, I, I heard <laughs> that they have four throats. <laughs> the villains in Star Wars are so delightfully snarky. I love it. Kylo Ren isn't necessarily, but a lot of the villains are. People got mad at the don't choke on your aspirations director line from Rogue One. And I'm like, did y'all watch Empire Strikes Back? Did you not watch my favorite Darth Vader line of all time? Apology accepted, Captain Nita. (laughs) As they're dragging his body off. I'm like, dude, Vader just makes these sarcastic clips all the time. All the time. He's a dad joke guy. Like, it's fine. People also are mad. And so way back in 2015 in Star Wars number four, I think, three or four, uh, Luke Skywalker is fighting him. Uh, They're having like their first lightsaber duel. Luke is like, you know, you killed my father. And Vader's like, I have killed many fathers. You will have to be more specific. <laughs> and people were mad about that. I'm like, that that's a Vader line, guys. That's, that's what he that's says. A Vader line. That's a thing that he does, which Palpatine also does, which especially when he's in the Palpatine mask, which is delightful. They're descending in the elevator and one of the clone troopers has a line. It's like, we have no communication. Our communications are jammed. I'm like, damn, that can only mean one thing. Not not even that. It, this brought me to Phantom Menace where he's like... Yes, Bradley, that's the joke I'm making. What does he say, though? He says a communications disruption can only mean one thing, invasion. I don't know. Anyway, whatever that guy's name is, I forget. But C.O. Bibble. 
the most important character in all of Star Wars, but I just can't. Correct. <laughs> Correct. C.O. Bevel. Another the character most... you can play on the Lego Skywalker's. I do adventure. believe you can play a C.O. Bevel. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna skip a bunch of the action. Yeah. Um, because this episode is a lot of action. We talked about in a previous episode the use of silence, the use of stillness in this series. Something Gendy Tartakovsky, Tartakovsky does very well is that he uses moments of pause. Uh, and we're mainly here for the plot. Right. So uh, just assume if we don't talk about any action sequences, they were cool. But they get to the bottom. Uh, a bunch of Magna Guards show up. Or no, a bunch of droids show up. And they blow them away again. This is before the communications line. And they're running. And then two Magna Guards show up. And that's where we get the Wilhelm scream is when one of the Magna Guards like kills a clone trooper. Uh, but Magna Guards are here. This right. is exciting because I like them. Uh, however, in less exciting news, we must jump back to Nelvon, <laughs> where Anakin Skywalker is uh, attempting to find the captured Nelvanian men. And this was the sequence that I promised we would get to. So Anakin goes into this cave and he like inhales gas and he sees like this vision with the carvings on the wall, which is a very cool animated sequence. Yeah. Like the animation's great. It it's all allegorical. So like there's a warrior. There's uh, I'm gonna try to describe the plot of this as best as possible. There's a village, it is attacked by an encroaching darkness. There's a warrior who fights it. He sustains a grievous injury and starts using the darkness against the darkness. And eventually it overwhelms him and consumes him. And he kills the woman he was protecting uh, and becomes Darth Vader. And that is the plot of this. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little like, here's the entire plot of Revenge of the Sith. Here you go. Like Now, hot take. Hot take. I like this better than the Mortis vision where the sun just out and out shows him what the future is going to be because this is a little more subtle. Like it's very obviously telling the story of revenge of the Sith because it is for children. However, the cave vision uh, had read the plot of revenge of the Sith. (laughs) And so it read the script. It also got the script for revenge of the Sith and went, "Hmm, I can work with this. I like, that the subtlety is that the message of the thing is the warrior uses the dark side and the more he uses it, the more powerful it becomes in him and the more it corrupts him. So it doesn't just say it's such a vast improvement on the first two seasons. Cause it doesn't just say Anakin is going to become Darth Vader. It says, here's why Anakin is going to become Darth Vader. It's going to be out of using things he can't control because the people he loves are in danger, which I do like. On the other hand, it is basically just the plot of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. I get it. Like, you know, his arm gets cut off, you know, and he uses the darkness force hand to do things for him. <laughs> yep. Like, uh, we get it. He's going to be Darth Vader. <laughs> we get it. That's coming. This is not our last we get it lot, uh, right, sequence. Right, right, right. But it is probably the best we get it sequence of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where they reveal the geothermal machine that's controlling 
the planet for some reason yeah he wakes up and he he finds a siphon generator absorbing the geothermal energy and that's why it's always been winter so they talked about in early episodes like it's always winter the the snow won't thaw the the river won't thaw uh it's because the some people who we will find out in a little bit who they are are stealing the heat from the planet and and running off with it and also just being dicks to the the native inhabitants i wonder uh i wonder if this is political at all no, but star wars is not wars. Star, wars star wars is not political no. no not at all no so it can't be no can't possibly be bad take bad take bad take horrible take uh <laughs> no star wars has never been political star wars is not political uh, it has nothing to say at all about the state of the world back on coruscant uh the political center of the republic uh, we get a sequence where they like fight Magna Guards in a train station. I have two notes about this whole sequence. Okay, I only have one. So this is, uh, one of the notes is the word space train. Yes. With two exclamation points. <laughs> okay. Because if you know me, you know I fucking love trains. Basically, uh, the character from the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> See, Bradley, uh, here's the he thing, also right? likes, here's he the also thing, likes Here's it. the thing you have to understand about me, right, Bradley? I'm a huge nerd. I know this will come as a shock to our listeners, but I'm a huge nerd. Uh, and my friends are also huge nerds. And because we're actually huge nerds, we've never watched The Big Bang Theory. What? My parents, who are, are not as nerdy as I am, watch it a lot. Interesting. And my father has directly compared me to young Sheldon Cooper before. Yes. uh, Which is the most horrible thing my father has ever said to me. Well, if he's ever seen young Sheldon, which is the spinoff show of Big Bang Theory, then I don't know if that's a totally different thing because that's a, that's like a young kid growing up in Texas being the smartest person in the room and everybody else's country is fuck. And so I don't know. (sighs) That's probably exactly where you're, yeah, I'm I'm low key obsessed with trains. So every time there's a space train that pops up, I get unreasonably happy. Well, the you other can, you can ride on this space train because you can just go to Japan. They got a ton of them. They're called bullet trains. They're oh yeah, they the are moving about thing. as fast as the bullet trains. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I do take the train to work sometimes, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm just gonna take a minute and and ask. Marta, the Atlanta metro system, the train system they have there. What the hell is your problem? (laughs) Exactly. Because in fairness, I haven't ridden the Marta since 2017, but the Marta is not a good train system. Yeah, no, it goes to like the airport. That's about it. (laughs) Well, it runs like on like an X, like a cross, like over the city of Atlanta. It's just very badly designed. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, the U.S. needs better high-speed rail systems. At the risk of getting political on a show about Star Wars, I think we need better methods of transportation between cities and inside of cities. Mm. Uh, yep, they fight in the space train. Uh, Shakti eventually like defeats Grievous by using the Force to subtly tie him to a space train that like yanks him away. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the whole entire thing. When she does this, Palpatine almost like seems impressed about. Yeah, he's he's. It's funny because on the one hand he wants Grievous to succeed, but on the other hand he likes the game. 
he loves the game of just like, oh, let's just see how this plays out. Like he doesn't really care because he knows eventually all he has to do is just kill Shock T, right? Like it's not like a big deal. But in the end, it's like, oh, I, I like to see how this game is going to play out. How good is Grievous at playing with these Jedi, right? And how good is he at keeping up with them? And he's kind of almost testing him. And it's funny because it's it brought the line to me from Incredibles, um, which is no capes. Because <laughs> capes, no capes. Are, no capes, capes are the worst thing you can do for yourself. See, this is Grievous's problem. Is he he no. needed to have a flashy cape? Mm-hmm. Also worth noting, uh, Grievous does not know Palpatine is Sidious, which is so odd to me. He does not know the only the only people that know that Palpatine or Sidious is Sidious. Count Dooku, Masameda knows, and I believe in Legends, Slymore also knows. Masameda is the blue guy, right? Masameda is the Chagrin that follows Palpatine around. Gotcha. It's like it's VP. He's like his, yeah, he's, his, okay, he's okay, the vice okay. chancellor. And who's the third person who is? Uh, I believe Slymore, the Umbaran. She, I believe it's canonically a she, shows up in shows up in phantom menace and is in like the background it's it's the white person the bald lady follows yeah oh the one that yeah. fucks him and gives him a cyclops kid uh allegedly in, allegedly. in legends. <laughs> yeah which by allegedly. the way they don't do that storyline again i'm gonna be so, so <laughs> shadows of the sith is coming out and adam christopher who is the author of shadows of the sith there was a tweet that went around that was like since Star Wars doesn't want to name Ray's parents, uh, what do you think their name should be? And he like quote tweeted that tweet and was like, hmm, I have some ideas. So the implication is we will now learn about more about Padme's parents, not Padme, Ray's parents. I'm, I've got Padme on the brain because gotcha. we're doing Clone Wars. We'll learn more about Ray's parents. So we may learn about not try if they name him try triclops, triclops. I, I will set myself on fire. Oh my god. So because uh Doctor Strange is coming out at some point soon, it makes me keep thinking of all these multiverse things. And oh, like, you mean the Wanda Maximoff movie? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's making me think of all these things. It's like there's a universe out there where in Rise of Skywalker during the final battle, uh Ray's third eye opens up. And <laughs> she, she's like I might be a Palpatine, but I'm also a Skywalker. So I don't know. It's like, like I can imagine that's something they would have done. Oh, just to fuck with us. Goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> she has a third eye that she, she just does. always keeps closed. Right. It's always yep. closed. Oh my lord. I know. Oh my lord. So back to back to the good Star Wars. <laughs> oh, that's a shot fired. That's a shot fired. Back to the Clone Wars. Uh Yes, they do manage to escape. Don't have a lot of notes about that. I mean, it is a fun action sequence. Back on Nelvon, Anakin discovers who has been uh, stealing the geothermal energy and experimenting on the natives. And wouldn't you know, it's the evil corporation, the Techno Union. The Techno Union Army. Is that your disposal? Uh, that's my best impression how do you um, not like... <laughs> remember co bebel but you can quote the techno union line from attack of the clones perfectly. because i told you when i was a kid attack of the clones was my shit okay oh god no wonder you grew up to be such an annoying piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> yes it is the evil corporation that is exploiting the natural resources of the planet and experimenting on the native population but again star wars is not political 
Right. And we need to, okay, this is so confusing. This whole entire segment is so confusing to me because I was like, one, why are they doing this? And then I guess you can probably answer my why, because when we see the Techno Union guys talking behind them are blueprints of Grievous, essentially, or parts of his body or something. It feels like they're trying to like standardize what they did with Grievous. So Grievous is like an organic person in the cyborg suit, which in Legends was because he suffered a horrific accident and was essentially lied to and gaslit by the banking clan and Count Dooku. <laughs> and now he's in this suit. Uh, in Canada, she really fucking wants to be. Like, mm. sure, buddy, okay. Yeah. Um, but it feels like they're trying to, like, do more with the same cyborg marriage of organic flesh with technology, but they don't quite have it right. So they're also trying to like mind control the native population. So clearly they can have like an army of things. Basically the techno union are dicks. Corporations are bad, Bradley. Yes. That's the moral lesson here. Right. Corporations are bad. That's what we're going for. Gotcha. The techno union army tried to buy Twitter and it didn't go so well. So they were like, all right, we're going to make our own cyborgs. Yeah, we're, we're going to make our own cyborg bots to go on Twitter and tweet <laughs> relentlessly in favor of us to defend us uh, against accusations of our poor working conditions. Yes. Uh, we are very happy here at the Techno Union Warehouse. <laughs> the Techno Union Warehouse. The Techno Union Warehouse. Uh, oh, that's yeah. even funnier because it's Techno Union warehouse ha ha unions <laughs> all right oh, anyway <laughs> god oh my god uh anyway uh unionization is good actually moving on anakin discovers that they are like all of the nelvon warriors have been taken they have been grossly disfigured they have had cyborg attachments attached to them and they are uh being controlled mind controlled do things on their chests he sees this one Nelvin warrior like in the process of this happening to them. The Techno Union discovers Anakin. They release the, the cyborgs on him. And he's like, I'm here to help you. And they keep advancing. And that's where the episode ends. What's gonna, Anakin's going to die, probably. So. Oh, definitely Anakin's going to die. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Labyrinth of Evil. Okay. Yeah, you've been teasing this forever. Let's so do let's, this. Let, let's do it. One of the one of the greatest aspects for me of the original Legends canon uh, that people are insisting was so much better and cleaner than the the current canon, uh, and everything about it was perfect, and nothing was made up as it went along. So a book came out called Labyrinth of Evil. It came out after I believe Revenge of the Sith did. Uh, but I would have to double check on that. In fact, I can double check on that because the Wikipedia page is up in front of me. No, it came out before Revenge of the Sith did. So Labyrinth of Evil came out first. It came out in January 25th, 20, 2005. If we remember from earlier episodes, Clone Wars came out in March of 2005. And then eventually Revenge of the Sith released in May. Labyrinth of Evil also shows the events of the kidnapping of chancellor palpatine but it shows a completely different story both of these are equally canon what? in legend 
neither one of them was ever confirmed by Lucas or Lucasfilm to be the quote-unquote canon version. Oh, God. Labyrinth of Evil came out, and this came out. And at the time, you didn't have a thing where it was like, the show overwrites the book, or whatever. Right. You had the different levels of canon, but the levels of canon were predicated on how close it was to George Lucas. Not necessarily the live-action films, then the TV shows, then the movies and comics but then the books and comics and then everything else. Uh, it was proximity to George Lucas. Lucas did not have anything really to do with either of these other than giving notes on it. He wasn't directly involved, so the ideas didn't come directly from him as far as I can tell. So yes, Clone Wars season three, this one that we're watching, apparently had access to an old draft of Labyrinth of Evil, so which is why they are sort of similar. Roaring Cobb and... Falmadama are there, I believe, in the book. Uh, there's a train that's involved in the book. It's been a while since I've read it. But the events are different. Uh, and also, Anakin and Obi-Wan are literally on, like, a completely different plot where they're, like, hunting down Count Dooku. Like, the whole Nelvon thing just doesn't happen. So <laughs> we have two sources, a book and a TV show, both of which came out at the same time. Both should technically be the same level of canon, telling two different stories about one of the most important events in the entire Clone Wars. Star Wars continuity, especially in Legends, was kind of a fucking mess. You know, I would be so interested to see if someone would take on this project of creating a Star Wars Bible of some sort, and it would have to include all of legends and canon and then chronologically put everything in order and be like look here is you know the book of whatever and then in the book of whatever like this happened but in it in the legends timeline this is what has actually happened like here like you can you can kind of look on that in wikipedia but you have to know where to look right I, I would just be interested to see if somebody would put it in like one thing, like an either an interactive website or some kind of like you could click some an event and then be like, oh, here's what happened canonically. And then in the same event, oh look, oh, if you, you want to like see that. like here's what was happening in canon and legends at the same time. Right. Okay. I'd just to be interested just to see that, but okay. Yeah, so that's that's Labyrinth of Evil. It was a very interesting canon case of what was happening here. So I just wanted to bring it up because I know someone uh, is going to at Wyatt. I know Wyatt is going <laughs> to be thinking, what about Labyrinth of Evil? How does that work? Uh, it fucking doesn't. Right. It's, it's just, they're both equally canon and Lucasfilm. And to put icing on the cake, thank you, Clone Wars Season 7, we still don't have a canon version of these events. No one has ever told a canon version of this story. Uh, Lucasfilm, I have pitches. Call me. When you're done rolling your eyes, Bradley, <laughs> what are your final thoughts on Chapter 24, the penultimate episode of The Clone Wars? Um, final thoughts. This was a fun, action-filled episode. I, like I said, I really love Shock T and the Grievous scenes. I think they work really well as setting up the finale of sorts to this whole entire story because if you watch it on disney plus as one big thing you know it doesn't necessarily seem like this chapter ends essentially 24 and 25 are essentially a part one and part two um that starts with 
Grievous kidnapping Palpatine. So 20, it's interesting. Yeah, 23, 24, 25 flow basically seamlessly into each other because right. 23 to 24 is a continuation of the same scene. Right. If you did not know that it cut as Grievous was standing there, mm -hmm. you would never be able to tell. Right. Yeah, it all flows really well. And I, I like this midsection because they don't keep us like, you know, like we're not like bored throughout this whole section. I feel like the Nelvon stuff could have gotten boring, but I feel like because it's intercut with the action, it's it's fine because it only takes us out of it for a second and then we go back. Right. And it's it's the counterbalance that works out. This is a very well-balanced show. Like mm -hmm. Clone Wars Volume 1, if you watch it, it's kind of janky because they were like three-minute shorts that they just crammed together. This one has a flow and a coherent plot and it's balanced extremely well. It's especially difficult. One thing I appreciate about the show is it works really well if you watch it from beginning to end, Volume 2, but it also works as individual episodes. And it's very tough to take something and break it up into episodes because the overall thing has to flow, but also each episode has to flow, uh, which some of the current TV shows probably need to learn that lesson. Looking at you, Book of Boba Fett. All righty. Well, next week uh, for our, our listeners, uh, in about 10 minutes for you and me, we will wrap the Clone Wars micro series. And then we will be, we have, I think, one more episode that we're doing between now and the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So I believe the plan is chapter 25 comes out. We're doing one more episode and then we're going to take a break for a week. So, all right, Bradley, go ahead and run the socials. Thank you for listening to Gold Squadron Gates. Did Charles fuck something up? Email us and let us know at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at goldsquadgaze, and you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at goldsquadrongaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at goldsquadrongaze, where we post this podcast as well as exclusive video content. Please join us next week and every week for another episode of Gold Squadron Games. 31 minutes, 41 set. Jesus Christ, I cannot do times correctly today. Fuck me. This is what I get for recording a podcast episode after I was asleep an hour ago.